Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, yo, what is up? Curveball for this final hour. I'm Jeff Nowak, going to be hosting the rest of the way. Charlie Long behind the glass here on WWLAMFM.com and the Odyssey app. And, and Charlie, Charlie, this is, the, this is the time of year where I can officially be insufferable as the uh, college basketball I, I always want to talk about college basketball but i understand that people in louisiana don't necessarily have that same instinct i love college hoops man oh man this is the greatest time you know you get to i i love college because it's so bad so much of the time like the guys don't shoot as well they miss a lot of free throws you got the one and one like <laughs> you'll you'll see entire games hinge on whether people can hit the front end of a one and one yeah oh man these freshmen like sweating off pounds at the line there was a – I'm trying to remember. There was an NBA player that said, I don't know how you guys watch college basketball. It's like a terrible product or whatever. I'm like, that's kind but of that's the why it's great. Yeah, it's fun. That's it's- why it's so great because it, it's so uh, – what I appreciate is how quick the games are. Like, you can get in and out of a college basketball game in like an hour 45. It's like the exact perfect length. You know, the NCAA tournament, you got games tipping off at from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. It's it's just pure, pure mania. And, I, and I, I am here for it. Anyway, you know, one thing I did want to talk about before we, we move on to some Saints topics here, and we'll have Ross Jackson from Lockdown Saints to talk about Rick Dennison, all these coaches, Clint Kubiak, all that good stuff. But Caitlin Clark, she needs, what, eight points to uh, set the new NCAA women's scoring record. Uh, Kelsey Plum has it. I think it's 3,527 points. You know, well, we, we understand college basketball, women's college basketball in Louisiana a lot better these days, you have Kim Mulkey and, and the LSU women putting on a show. And, hey, Matt McMahon's uh, Tigers up there are, are putting together a much more representative performance. But that Florida game was rough, Jeff. It was it was fun to watch, though. Yeah, no, it was a great comeback. It's just like watching how they lost that game, the clink at the last second. Oof, that was yeah. tough. But, no, I just – I think Caitlin Clark is a, is a rock star in college basketball. And I – I'm curious to see what happens when she does go professional because one thing that we haven't been able to see yet, in my opinion, is the WNBA catch on in any way that's, I don't know, exciting. Like I, I just think she'll bring a she'll bring a superstar element to that league that they sorely need. So I, I don't know. I, I enjoy watching Caitlin Clark play. She's the closest thing to Steph Curry in the women's game for sure. Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll I'll give you all a break. We can talk more about uh, you know this is basically a warm up. For Sorry, tomorrow. I was looking for it, Jeff. Yeah, you were right. She is eight points away, so she's expected to break it tonight versus yeah, Michigan. She'll so. get that in like the first two minutes. Yeah, of the game. I mean, just 
jack up a couple threes. Three shots, done. Yeah, there yeah, you get go. It, get it over with. Let's see how how far she can bury that record so it can never be touched again by anybody. But, you know, I'll, I'll give you all a break. You're going to be stuck with me tomorrow for, for the full three hours, so I'm sure we'll talk more about college basketball then. But let's shift gears to the Saints. You know, there's going to be a lot to talk about over the next few weeks. We're going to have all these coaching hires, and then we're going to dive into free agency draft prospects but let's go to the Oakland Art Julie's talk in text line James James and Metairie has been hanging on he wants to talk about draft prospects maybe some free agents how you doing James you still there good thanks man so um you know it's you know based on what you guys are saying it's it's, it's kind of in the middle are we going to be more of a Minnesota offense or San Francisco let's say quasi right so yeah. I know it's, I know it's, it's kind of a it's quite a few offensive linemen uh, actually, a, a guard, uh, a starting guard, that's going to be available for San Francisco from San Francisco. Uh, there's a tight end, but uh, you know, I'm just hoping that we don't we don't waste another a, a ton of draft choices on on you know the old line if we can get some guys that's going to be able to fit in the system. But you kind of knocked my point because basically we don't even know if it's going to be primarily a San Francisco offense. Or, or, or a looking offense. However, there are a couple of guys I like in the draft, and they're not first rounders. Uh, uh, Jerry Rice's son is a wide receiver out of uh, USC. He's a bigger, stronger version. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to be his dad, but he's bigger and stronger. And another kid that I really like is uh, Luke McCaffrey. That's uh, that's McCaffrey's Rice. brother. Yep. I, I think those. You know, because I mean, we we we, we nobody ever says it here, but it's it's really toxic these past couple of seasons. You know, I, I never was all in on Mike Mike Thomas, but uh, you know, but uh, you know, basically with the with the possession paying the guy a ton of money as a possession receiver, and I saw him several times during uh, the uh, training camp. You know, basically bullying. Uh, you know, Derek. And I mean, we 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 don't have any leadership. So I'm hopeful that we pick some guys that are true leaders. I've never been into uh, DA, and and frankly, I think I think Lewis would need, would need to go. But none of that's going to happen this season. So, you know, um, you know, I'm just hopeful that we we pick the right guys. But we're only going to have two picks in the top fifty, and I'm hoping that we can pull off a trade. And uh, I know. Um, I'm hearing that's not going to be a possibility, perhaps. But, you know, I would really like to see AK traded because is he really the type of guy uh, for the type of offense for San Francisco? Because I know they run a lot of wide plays. Yeah, wide, a lot of wide, wide zone. A lot of wide zone. Here, let me let me just uh, jump in. Yeah, no, you, you hit a lot of topics there, so let's kind of go through them. So the two guys he named, you know, those were both Senior Bowl players. So, hey, you know, that's a good chance. <laughs> Luke McCaffrey was at the Senior Bowl. Jerry Rice's son, who the first name is escaping me, he was also at the Senior Bowl. Jerry Rice was at the Senior Bowl. Uh, so, you know, those are two guys. You know, it, it's interesting because one of the things that I think the Saints offense needs, and it's not the sexy thing, it's not a th- something anyone's going to get excited about, but it's a wide receiver that can block on the edge. Right. You know, I like I love Chris Olave. I love Rashid Shahid. At some point, you just need a guy who's going to go out there and and block a guy. 
And that's how you get those those runs to the second level. That's how you break long runs. And that's one of the things that Mike Thomas was great at. And when you have your star wide receiver, who's also a great blocker, that makes your life so much easier. You also had a guy in Traquan Smith who we all kind of joked about. Oh, he's a great blocker. You got to do more things. That's the dirty work. Yeah, but like, like you need that guy. And yeah. I think that when your star players are Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, you have kind of lighter frame guys. You need that blocking wide receiver. They tried to make it Keith Kirkwood. I don't think that went well. They Lynn Bowden had some really nice blocking reps later in the season, but he was so limited as a receiver that I think he he ended up being a tell every time you put him on the field he's blocking. So I don't know. Like there's some interesting free agents that I think you're going to look at for the Saints in terms of we want guys to come in who can help Clint Kubiak in terms of installing in terms of filling those roles. Jawan Jennings from the 49ers has been a popular name. The issue is he's a restricted free agent and I would be surprised if the 49ers allowed him to get out of the building. Yeah, he's an important piece for them, for sure. I'm with you there. But you could also look to the draft. Mike and I were talking about earlier the amount of tackle talent and then receiver talent in this draft. It's just loaded at both positions. I mean, you know that, Jeff. Like The first round is going to have a total of like 14 to 15 either tackles or receivers taken in the first 32 overall picks. That's almost half the draft, like the first round. So, yeah, I mean, maybe you can go get one of those guys. I think we've talked a little bit about the potential of the Saints, to James's point, about them only having, you know, two early picks, and then there's a huge gap between, yep. you know, their second-round pick from the Broncos and then the fifth round when they pick next. The potential to trade back from pick 14 is also there. Uh, the potential to move on from maybe – I mean, I saw some mocks saying Alvin Kamara for like a seventh-round pick to Baltimore. That's, <laughs> that's not happening. Ridiculous thing. That, that, this, it would cost you more to trade him than that would be worth. Yeah, it's, it's not happening. You're not saving money by trading Alvin. Now, I if I if I expect a trade, I expect to see a trade where they throw some of these comp picks into a package and go up into the third round. Yeah, moving up. That's I don't expect you to see them move up in the second or the first round, but I do think that a trade up into the third round is a real possibility. Now, just to tie off that previous point about – about free agents. One guy who I think is worth taking a really long look at and is unrestricted in terms of being a free agent, KJ Osborne. Okay. Uh, he's been Vikings. a very productive mm-hmm. receiver for the Vikings. He was there in 2021. So if Clint Kubiak is looking for a guy on offense, a veteran wide receiver who can still contribute and step in uh, into, into big roles if needed, KJ Osborne would fit that bill. So he's a guy that I think I would be surprised if the Saints don't take a very long look at him. He would be affordable as well he's coming off a pretty you know he's not gonna he's not gonna garner any huge deal in free agency he's gonna check some boxes and if and if he's gonna add something to this room that this team feels like they need they can they can go get him so he's a guy that i would watch out for but all right we're gonna be hitting the break here coming back with ross jackson host of locked on saints to dive in to a lot of this saints news that we've been coming up on these last couple days head coach or assistant coach hires rebuilding that offensive staff this is wwl worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And we're back here on WWLAMFM.com and the Odyssey app. We are going to dive right back in on the Saints, as as we should, even though it's not the NFL season, and we just won't stop talking about it. Uh, and we're going to go to the Oakland Art Jewelers talking text line. Joining me now from Locked on Saints is the host, Ross Jackson. Ross, how you doing? Have you recovered from your Madriga hangover yet, is my question. Uh, I My secret was just don't stop, so I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm doing great. Glad to be here, buddy. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> it's Mardi Gras every day for uh, Mr. Ross right. Jackson. Over there. But, you know, I guess we'll just go vague for uh, this first question here. The Saints have made a handful of hires already, none of them officially announced, but we know several of them. Rick Dennison looks like they're going to hire as the run game coordinator. You have Andrew Janoco as the quarterbacks coach, a couple other hires that we have seen announced. What are your kind of initial reactions to uh, these names as they've uh, filtered out? Yeah, look, I think I think they're making good hires here. I think that you know what you're doing in, is that you're bringing in an offensive system that is built with a bunch of guys that are very familiar with one another, and I, I think that's a smart decision. Like it, the thing that's always so challenging about sort of the the double edged sword of bringing in the new offensive coordinator is that yay, very exciting. You're you're trying to upgrade and improve the offense, but then ooh, you also have to kind of learn a new system and there's the growing pains and all those other things. So I like what the Saints are doing here in terms of finding the offensive system that they wanting that they want. Identify that OC, the guy that could bring that there. They did that. Clint Kubiak, that's the guy. And then they bring in your know, Rick Dennison, who has spent time with him, with his dad, Gary Kubiak, and with Kyle Shanahan. You bring in John Benton, who has spent time with Gary Kubiak, with Kyle Shanahan and Clint Kubiak, so on and so forth. So you're finding these guys, Janako, doing you know, working with both as well. And so you're bringing in all these people that kind of like create the sort of guise of um, cohesion, um, even though it's still a new system that's going to be coming in, sort of this blend of Gary Kubiak, Kyle Shanahan, I would imagine. And so I think that's a really wise move. And I think that they brought in guys that have that are proven developers uh, so far. Let's just see if they can do it here in New Orleans. Yeah, the interesting thing to me is like all these names, or at least most of these names, are guys coming from that Viking scheme. You know, the the yeah. twenty twenty, even Clancy Barone, right? He and Andrew Andrew Janaco <laughs> were co offensive line coaches on that twenty eighteen staff. They took over after Tony Sperano died, and Rick Dennison yep. actually took the offensive line coach from those two guys. So that trio, My favorite connection of that group. Yeah, it's together, such, it's such a kind of a very, very small circle. But, you know, the, the, they know the offensive line of the Vikings. They have to play the Vikings. They're, they're going to have some insight. But, you know, <laughs> I guess when you look at Kubiak, and it is interesting because I think people are very enamored with the Kyle Shanahan influences, and there will be influences. He's going to come in. He's going to have some ideas that he picked up with the 49ers. But I, it kind of feels like when you look at it, if you want to kind of figure out how Kyle – Clint Kubiak is going to get this thing off the ground. The Vikings have to be the place to start. Would you Would you disagree with that? No, not at all. I think that's the place to start. And then you add in some of the additional context of working with a Kyle Shanahan for a year and how that could influence or color a little bit about what it is that they do. But you think about the Gary Kubiak offense, which right. was successful in the NFL all in its own right. 
uh, Kyle Stefanski is still using a version of it or some tenets of it in, um, in, in Cleveland, just one coach of the year again. Right. And so, I think you know you look at that that Gary Kubiak, which one of the big tenets of that offense is get really really good at the play at the teams that are or excuse me at the plays that are the DNA of your identity. What are those half a dozen to a dozen plays that you could do at any point, playing the songs that you know, as Drew Brees and Sean Payton used to say. Then you add into that sort of your ability to be able to take those songs and I'm going to extend the musical metaphor a little bit, remix them a little bit based upon how what you know from working with Kyle Shanahan, deploying those same plays out of different personnel groups, different formations with motion, without motion, motion to get into certain bit looks, things like that, motion to identify coverage, to create mismatches, all those things like Frank Kubiak wants to create mismatches and his time with Kyle Shanahan will help him be able to further that. But I still think that there's going to be a little bit of a, Hey, look, these are the plays that create the identity or the DNA of the new Orleans Saints offense. And then there are tendency breakers that are a part of that. And there are additional wrinkles, looks, eye candy, misdirection that comes from that Shanahan influence. So I do think it's going to be actually be a blend of both. It's not just going to be a one for one copy of the Kyle Shanahan offense coming to New Orleans, which is not out of the ordinary. Mike McDaniel, when he left San Francisco and went to Miami, he brought the Kyle Shanahan influence, but it's not necessarily Kyle Shanahan's system over there. Matt LaFleur in New York did the same thing. Uh, you know, Mike LaFleur, when he went to Green Bay, he had stops before all of those pieces. So I think that it is going to be some type of a blend uh, of concepts that we, you know, we've watched the NFL do since the 80s uh, and concepts that they're doing in 2024 and then wrinkles in between, and I, I think that's what you're looking for. So, Ross, two of the new assistants added, as Jeff said, none of them are technically official. John Benton, the offensive line coach, and Rick Dennison, the running game coordinator, two guys that have 20-plus years of experience in the NFL. The offensive line obviously was a huge issue this past season. There's plenty of question marks this offseason, but you're going to get in two experienced guys to go fix it. I just want to get your thoughts on these early hires. Yeah, I think those are two key hires in that early sort of collection of names that we're expecting to take those gigs. And, and, and the reason being is that, like, you can look at John Benton's sort of track record when he arrived in Houston. They were struggling to keep their quarterback clean. They weren't able to get the run game going. And then they became one of the teams that was allowing the least amount of sacks and had, you know, Arian Foster going crazy for three years in a row, leading the NFL in rushing yards one year, rushing touchdowns another year, all that. You look at his work with the San Francisco 49ers, who, same thing, they were allowing a lot of sacks. They didn't have a great run game. Then the run game became their entire identity while Benton was in town. Then he goes to New York with Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur, Matt LaFleur, <laughs> over in uh, over with the Jets. They get one this of those. fantastic, yeah, one of those guys. They get this fantastic start to the season with Brees Hall. Then Brees Hall goes down with a season-ending knee injury when he was looking like an offensive rookie of the year candidate throughout the early portion of the year. And so you can sort of track the impact of a John Bitten. You can kind of do the same thing with a Rick Dennison as well. He does a very good job of developing offensive linemen and coordinating the run game, which would effectively be his title uh, or is expected to be his title. I think that those two guys in particular are the ones that kind of give you three of the, like two of the three things that I think you're going to see improved this off season or this season, which would be the run game and the offensive line, assuming that the execution of the system is there. The third thing being like simplifying the game for Derek Carr and, and the game just becoming a little bit more kind of second nature for everybody around. Um, and that comes with simplifying things and, you know, the Gary Kubiak of it all, all those kinds of deals and, and simplifying the, the field reads and all that. So I think that like those are the a couple of the guys that I think bring in some of that pedigree that show you, okay, there's some good positive projections to be made. And then, of course, got to wait to see if it's all going to all going to come together. 
you know, just shifting shifting gears here a little bit, you know, from the coaching staff to the players. You know, one thing that Charlie and I were talking about off air that that is interesting, and you look at the wide receiver room. I think you kind of I don't know what the term would be pencil out, like you hit the eraser on Mike Thomas in terms of it. Just seemed like his tenure and with the Saints is over. There, there could change. You never know. But I think you look at this wide receiver room and you kind of project it going forward without him, without his name on that depth chart. And I guess mm-hmm. my question is, you look at this wide receiver room with, with Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, all these guys. Do you look at Chris Olave and see a true number one and an X, you know, or, or do you think this Saints team needs to add a piece? Because it does kind of feel like you're putting a lot on his plate. And I don't know if you have that big bodied physical wide receiver that you probably need to succeed at a, at a high level uh, in the passing game. Thank you so much for clarifying <laughs> that question of the number one with the X. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, You just saved me like six minutes. So (laughs) the, the thing about it is that like, is Chris Olave an X receiver? I don't know that he is. Can he be a number one option in your offense? Sure. Of course. Like we we watched that over the course of the past couple of years, including his rookie season. Uh, But I still think that you want to find that X split end, weak side, big bodied, six foot two, six foot three, 200 plus pound wide receiver. Could that be A.T. Perry? Sure, it could mm-hmm. be. But do you want to continue to invest in the position when you've only got two, probably three, right, wide receivers on the roster? Because Rashid he's a restricted free agent, so like they don't even have to talk to each other and he's on the team. Uh, so you you can call it three three receivers going into next year, and so At Perry could potentially develop to be that guy. But I think like that X receiver spot, which is sort of that corner one of those cornerstones of your passing game, they can go out there and get the physical yards, they can run you know the quick routes and you know all that, and and, and make no mistake about it, like even a full on Kyle Shanahan offense still wants to get the ball out quickly uh, of the quarterback's hands. And so I do think that you still need to continue to to take swings and invest there. There are some free agents that you could potentially go after that might be able to fill that role. The the dream guy is probably T. Higgins in this year's uh, class that would fit that mold. Are you going to get him in New Orleans? Probably not. But you've got good options in this year's draft as well. Xavier Leggett out of uh, out of uh, South Carolina. He's six foot one, but he's still one of those guys that plays above the rim really well. Uh, Keon Coleman out of Florida State and others, so even a Brian Edwards out of LSU. Oh no, I don't know. I said the LSU to, to New Orleans draft thing, but like there are those receivers out there that fit those molds and would be able to come in and do that. So I do think that that's a spot that you want to continue to swing at because the X receiver mold is a specific conversation that's different than the number one option in your offense. Your Chris Olave could be your number one option, but you probably still want that big physical six foot three, six foot two wide receiver that can go out there and box somebody out and win those, those quick and contested matchups for you. And I think that that's the piece that you're missing. If Michael Thomas does indeed depart as we expect. Yeah, I do think it's, it is funny because people say wide receiver one. And I think a lot of times they're talking about this in terms of fantasy stats, but not yeah. and not in terms of, okay, this is how the offense operates. You need someone who right. can go win one-on-one. You know, I, I kind of yeah. compare it to uh, when Odell Beckham Jr. was coming up with the Giants and he was this, you know, superstar flashy guy, but there were just things he couldn't do and you had to find a way around that. And, and I think that is mm-hmm. going to be interesting to see how they navigate that. I'm, I'm curious. So you, you mentioned a few guys. I think you said Brian Edwards. It's Brian Thomas. Let's, Brian let's, Thomas, I'm a dummy. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> Brian Edwards was here. <laughs> no, but he fits that role. And bro. he went to South Carolina, yeah. and you mentioned Xavier Leggett from South Carolina, who I did see at the Senior Bowl. I did like him a lot. You know, is there anyone mm-hmm. coming out in this draft that you're just in love with that you look at and you say, man, if he's on the board, I'm going to run up to the podium and make that pick? Uh, specific to wide receiver or anything? No, just in general. Yeah, number 14, I'd say. 
Yeah, I'll give you the I'll give you the boring one real quick. Yeah. Olufashanu, the offensive tackle out of Penn State. I mean, the dude is just insanely good. He's incredibly athletic. And, you know, as much as we talk about the passing game for that Shanahan influence and that Kubiak influence and everything like that, the, the run game has to set the tone and all that. And so when you're looking at a run game that wants to be more athletic, where you're going to attack gaps as opposed to attacking the players on the opposite side of you as a blocking assignment, so that's the difference between zone run and, and, and man or gap run schemes, it, you want the athleticism. You need guys that can come off the snap and get somewhere very quickly, get upfield, get to the second level, get to the third level, all those things, um, illegally, legally get to the third <laughs> level. And so I think that, like, there's all of those pieces that, you know, would also kind of blend in there. So Oli Fashano for me is, like, the pinnacle offensive lineman to potentially add uh, to this team at 14. Uh, if I'm looking at, you know, the other side of the football, but the defensive side, I love the pass rushers that are at the top of this draft or at the top half of the first round, Jared versus Dallas Turner or Leatu Latu, um, Jared versus from Florida state, Dallas Turner from Alabama and then Leatu Latu from UCLA. Those three guys, uh, Burst and Latu in particular fit the mold, right? 6'4", 6'3", plus 250, 200-plus pounds, uh, whereas Dallas Turner is a little bit more of the smaller guy. But I think that we've seen between Cade Nellis as well as, of course, Zach Bond last year that maybe that smaller speed rusher is worth adding to the otherwise bigger-bodied prototype. And so any of those guys I, I might I might consider a little bit of a uh, a sprint to the podium. But uh, Olu Fashanu is like the the guy for me to where I'm like, yeah, if he's there, sprint to the sprint there, knock down Roger, here's the here's the card, say the name, you know, at fourteen. Yeah, knock down Roger either way. No one no one could play <laughs> I think that's a winning uh, a winning idea. Uh however you get to it. But you know, Ross, my only my only question I have left is uh, how are you doing? I know you got to do the podcast every day. That's what Lockdown Saints means. It's all day, every day, whatever. How are you handling this offseason? You have any big plans? Do you have any vacations you're getting on? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, no days off. We don't do days off over here. No, I, I, I have some vacation plans and things like that, but I'll still be doing the show while I'm there. It's not, it's not a vacation. It's a trip, you know what I'm saying? So I'll be doing like things like that. But no, man, like, I, I love being able to cover this team on a daily basis, as I'm sure you guys do too. It, it, there's always something going on for better or for worse sometimes. And then the other piece of it too is that like this team is one that's always working, that's always doing something. It's contract restructures, it's changing of the offensive staff, it's changing of the defensive staff, it's player acquisition, whatever it might be. There's always something going on with this team, and it makes our jobs, I think, a lot easier when it comes to covering these like daily, doing these daily things than maybe some of my colleagues out there that have to cover teams that don't like to spend their money and things like that. <laughs> So like it's it's fantastic. I absolutely love it. Uh, and we'll we'll continue to be here every single uh, Monday through Friday all throughout the off season. No off season for us over here for sure. All right. For all things New Orleans Saints, subscribe to Locked On Saints on the Odyssey app, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ross Jackson. He does a great job. Thanks so much for the time, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all. Take care. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you here soon. Thanks, Ross. All right. A lot of good stuff there. You know, I, I do think we haven't really gotten into the draft talk yet because I think the offensive coordinator kind of kept us in a holding pattern. But we can finally start to do that. The Combine's coming up. I'm excited about We're it. We're going to be doing it for the next two months. But I was <laughs> pounding my fists last you know, season, I guess you could say, last offseason because Mike and I had broken down the 2023 NFL draft. And he's just like, man, this tight end class is incredible. They got to go get one. They didn't go get one. It's like mm -hmm. building a house. I, I want to actually ask Ross about this, but we'll talk about it real quick before hitting the break. Building a house, you got to build with the building blocks of each draft. Right. If the strength of the draft is tight end, 
go get a tight end. If the strength of the draft like this year is a receiver and, and offensive tackle, go get one of those positions depending on where you're picking. Like you got to build through the strengths of each draft and that's how you build a roster up. Yeah, you can't put a roof up before you put the walls up, right? You got to. You got to. <laughs> so I I mean and to your point, like offensive line, you, you got to figure that out. There's a lot of question marks there. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about it specifically tomorrow, but yeah, I mean, it just makes sense to take a tackle in the first round, doesn't it? It sure does, especially when you uh, look at the state of the offensive line the last Yikes. few years. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm all for it. But this is Sports Talk. I'm Jeff Nowak. He is Charlie Long. We're taking you up till 7 p.m. here on WWL. Stick around. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Coming back in on WWL AM 870 FM 105.3 and as always live on the Odyssey app I'm Jeff Nowak he's Charlie Long we're taking you up till 7 p.m. you know we talked about college basketball this is the college basketball season but it's also college baseball season this time last year you know LSU was coming in we're like I think this team might be pretty good they have this guy he's Paul Skeens they, I, I, hear, I, hear I hear he's pretty good maybe maybe we'll get something you know and we obviously what happened happened this year is a little different right they're coming in with all these expectations and they're also coming in with a guy you know as your Friday starter in Thatcher Heard. I'm curious Charlie what do you think about uh, Thatcher going what do you think about this team I like Thatcher a lot um I'd like him as the Friday guy for now but we were just talking with Todd Walker on the four o'clock hour and he said that it could change right and it likely will change and Jay Johnson has said himself that there's so much depth on this roster and that's like the word that you're going to say throughout the entire season is depth they have all these players that could be playing they may not get a bunch of playing time at the start but they could be key contributors later on in the season and I think that's what you'll see from this Tiger pitching staff specifically this upcoming weekend you're looking the Friday and Saturday night guys have been filled right so far it's Luke Thatcher Holman. and then Luke yeah. Coleman the Alabama transfer is supposed to be going on Saturday night or Saturday afternoon apologies so but it, that could change I mean you could see Holman get promoted to the Friday night role if he keeps playing really well like he was excellent at Alabama he was one of the most under the radar pitchers in the country last year he was their ace he enters the transfer portal Jay Johnson he saw him he prepared for him he won him he went out and got him and now you're looking at this guy as the Saturday guy but maybe he will eventually become the Friday guy. Thatcher Hurd, if you look at the numbers from last year, they're not super impressive. I mean, but from what Jay has said, say, yeah, yeah. I mean, eight wins. You're returning a guy that had eight wins last year. That's super impressive. But, you know, the five-plus ERA isn't great. Uh, You're looking at a Friday night starter. You're hoping that he's going to be hovering anywhere from two to three, somewhere around there at the most, like, three-and-a-half ERA. Uh, But I think you'll see something more like that from Thatcher this year. I think – Jay's talked about his development in the offseason. He's gotten stronger. He's been very accurate with his throws, specifically leading up to this upcoming weekend. Um, so, I mean, he, he trusts him to be the Friday night guy to start the year. So, I mean, I trust it too. 
Yeah, the other the other interesting thing that I saw from Jay Johnson is he had his team watch the Chiefs Super Bowl win very closely because uh, that's what the that's what LSU baseball is trying to do this year. They're trying to repeat. And in college, it's a little different because you don't have dynasties in college, but you you have you have a lot of turnover, especially with the transfer portal. So it's it's a new opportunity, but there are guys like that you heard who are trying to get that that repeat title. It's going to mean a lot when you have a lot of talented players in college baseball. There's typically a lot of overturn from yeah. year to year, and you see that with the Tigers roster. They're not bringing back Paul Skeens. They're not bringing back Dylan Cruz. There's top two picks in the draft. Ty Floyd goes in team. the first round. It's right. it is a different team, but. Jay Johnson is the guy. He goes out and gets all these transfers. I, the, the freshman class that he recruited last year is now going to be sophomores. We mentioned in that Todd Walker interview, guys like Jared Jones and Brady Neal, the catcher, and then Paxton Kling, all guys are expected to have a huge role on this upcoming team. They didn't play huge roles as freshmen, but now you're heading into sophomore season. You've expectedly taken the jump, uh, and you see where they go from there. Yeah, and there's no questioning whether they can get it done. We've seen him, we've seen him get it done, so it'll be fun to watch all season long. And all right, I'm Jeff Nowak. He is Charlie Long. We'll be coming right back on WWL. Yeah, do that. Check out that podcast. I'm on it. It's a good time. But we got about two minutes left here on Sports Talk. We're taking you up till 7 p.m. There's one ridiculous thing that I saw today that just kind of crept up on me, but it's 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 really insane when you think about it. LeBron James, the All-Star Game is this Sunday. LeBron James will be playing in his 21st All-Star Game. 21st. Yeah. That is insane. LeBron James came into the league in 2003. You know what happened in 2003? MySpace was launched. Oh, wow. MySpace. He goes back to the first time, the first day of MySpace. The number one song in 2003 was Hey Ya by Outkast. I can't wait to see, you know, like with some players that just play forever. And you see it in baseball pretty often. Um, you'll see like, oh, this player played against this guy that was born in this year, and it's like a gigantic gap between that first player and then yeah. the second player. Like, So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if there's any of those for LeBron once his career is over. Oh, man, he's already playing with people who he played with their dad. Yeah. Right? Like, it's already happening. Well, he's waiting to play with his son. Right. And and the crazy thing is it's like he makes these all-star games. It's not, a, it's not because of a popularity contest. He's still playing. At an all-star level, he's just that good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be sad when LeBron retires. Like it's gonna be a complete sea change. Like the end. You talk about the end of an era. Like oh, when yeah. Jordan retired, it's gonna be like that. Whether you think he's the goat or not, 2003. I just wonder how think many more your life years he has left in him because, as you said, Jeff, he's still playing at an all-star level. Like he, as you said, it's not a. A popularity contest, he deserves the spot. How many more years does he have left in him? He's that good. But all right, we're going to wrap it up here on Sports Talk. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Charlie Long. This is WWL. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.